We are live on this Winky Wednesday episode of the Locked On 49ers. Talking all things 49ers, we got Jeff Christensen and his comments on Trey Lance. We got Debo Samuel kind of echoing those same sentiments. And then matter ratings. The matter ratings are coming out. So if you still play video games or even if you don't, you might be interested in how they are kind of rating some of your favorite San Francisco 49ers. All that and more coming up next. Let's go. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On 49ers. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And if you can't tell, I am joined by somebody. It's not Brian Peacock. It's Nicholas Winkler. I don't have the soundboard, but so I'm gonna just <laughs> Nicholas Winkler. Come on down. Nick, how's everything going? It's good, man. This is exciting. You know, like you said, the Madden numbers have dropped. So that's just, you know, they announced that Hard Knocks has started filming. You see your rookies reporting to camp. Like it's starting to get exciting, man. We're getting close. I remember being one of those rookies reporting for training camp. And it was kind of different. The, the veterans hadn't showed up yet, but you go out and we actually got some practices in. And hmm. it was cool because for a guy like me, I was able to get you know a lot of reps in uh, before we actually headed out to Cortland University up in like a, a upper part of New York. So that was pretty fun. You got you get a lot more reps and, and that's what's yeah. needed in the preseason. So something like that, like you're reported, right? But they've been in touch with you before this, right? Like, were you given like a playbook before this that you had to study and kind of do your homework before you got to camp? Or was it all like, hey, welcome. Here you go. Here's your stuff. Get going. Hey, welcome. Here you go. Here's your <laughs> stuff. Get going. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there, there's not much from, from that standpoint leading up. Now, they do give you something in the offseason. I, I signed in like February or something like that. So I was with them. Uh, you know, throughout the beginning stages of off-season workouts, OTAs, all that good stuff, mini camps, and they continue to ramp things up. You know, mm-hmm. so even with the playbook from OTAs, first day they start with their base stuff, and then you kind of start to build on that. And then you go away, and then you have you come back for training camp, and they start with their base stuff, and then you continue to build on that. So they don't really start throwing the intricate stuff at you until the actual season. I think for training camp, they want guys to you know play fast and they continue to add a little bit to it. And then once the season starts, the game plans are just so drastically different from week to week that you know they prepare more for the team as opposed to what you just 100% do every time you line up. Yeah, that makes sense. A question of, were you excited when you saw that Hard Knocks was going to be with the Jets? I mean, this is your former team. This is, you can, you can kind of like be like, oh, well, it wasn't like that when I was there. Like, you'd be able to tell all the differences and all the things that have changed over the years. Yeah, well, they were recently coming off of a, a hard knocks. Like, maybe a year before I got there or a year okay. or two. And it was when, like, Rex Ryan was still fat. So by the time I got I there, that. he was like, no longer fat. So uh, uh, they did have hard knocks, and it was interesting. They had the whole dynamics, which was – now, this is the part that was really weird. They had this whole dynamic – with, uh, gosh, Daryl Revis, mm-hmm. and then Revis Island, yeah, Revis Island, and, mm-hmm. and, and then, well, they were like trying to trade him, and then he was holding out. He wanted a new contract, so they dealt with all that, and that was they showed that on Hard Knocks. So then eventually he 
ended up signing for the rest of that year. But then by the time I got there, those same talks picked up again. So it was back to Darrell Revis, you know, holding out, all that stuff. He was coming off a torn ACL. So I actually didn't spend a whole lot of time with Revis. He came in for a little while. He was maybe there for a few weeks while I was there, and then they traded him away. So he got traded uh, to Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Gotcha, gotcha. So anyways, uh, we're talking about training camp, and there are a lot of times, you know, a bunch of different headlines. And right now, you hear most of the time, I'm in the best shape of my life, right, from most of the players. And now from a quarterback coach, Jeff Christensen, he's talking about Trey Lance. And he says, 49ers will see a different version of Trey Lance. So as has been reported, that's what he's saying. A significant improvement, uh, as Debo Samuel has said. So uh, a different player, significant improvement. What does that look like as it pertains to Trey Lance and maybe his development? Yeah, I think if you're a 49er fan or someone within the 49ers organization, I think you hope that this significant improvement and this different player is a guy who could stay on the football field, right? I mean, that to me is the most important thing is staying healthy. I know these have been some freak accidents, you know, and, and freak injuries and things like that. But to me, that's the most important thing for Trey Lance going forward is can he get on the football field? And then when he gets on the football field, can he stay there? And it'd be great to see, oh, he's got a new passing motion and he, you know, he's quicker on his release and his footwork is better and this and that and all that stuff is fantastic, right? But if he can't play, then it's all irrelevant. So for me, I hope that he means that he's in better shape, that he's ready to go, that he, that he knows when to get down, that they're not calling runs up the middle where he's going up against 300-pound linemen. Like, I hope that that is kind of what the 49ers are, are going to get in Trey Lance when it comes to, uh, to training camp. Yeah, I think on top of the health, and that's been probably you know a big hindrance in his development. Uh, is he seeing the field that Kyle Shanahan the same way Kyle Shanahan sees the field? I think that's probably like the bigger thing holding him back. What does Kyle Shanahan trust uh, with Brock Purdy? I think it really just he knows how Brock Purdy sees the field, and he's like, man, Brock Purdy sees the field how I see the field, and he's able to be efficient in those short areas and do those things. So I think for Trey Lance, you know, working with Jeff Christensen. That's awesome. You know, improving your throwing motion. Some of the things that maybe had him less uh, consistent with his accuracy on those short to intermediate throws, but also seeing the field the same way as Kyle Shanahan. I think that is probably the biggest thing. I remember my guy, uh, Greg Pinelli, he told me about Josh Allen and some of the bigger jumps that Josh Allen made in the sense of his efficiency, right? You know, he was a guy who went from completing 50% of his passes to 58 to all of a sudden he's closer to 70. He said, man, getting on the same page with his offensive coordinator at the time, who was Brian Dayball, uh, truly understanding what he's seeing from opposing defenses. And then that helped him be more consistent with his footwork, which in turn helped him be more efficient throwing the ball. So I think those are all areas that uh, Trey Lance is going to have to improve on to see a quote-unquote different player, as Jeff Christensen said. Yeah, I think that, you know, we listen to that show Playmakers, right? That, that podcast where you're listening to Kyle talk about it. And he's going through it. He's like, I'm running this play. And if option one's not there, it's guaranteed that option two is going to be there. Like he sees it. He has it all laid out of exactly how every single thing is supposed to go. And I think you nailed it. That's why he trusts Brock Purdy, right? It's because Brock Purdy probably sees it a lot like Kyle Shanahan does, which is why he made the squad as Mr. Irrelevant, right? As a rookie, he, he, he was still kept around, you know, he, despite the fact that he had zero experience and they trusted to go to him when they needed to, they, they weren't look out looking for another veteran quarterback. They're like, no, no, this guy 
gets the system. That's what Kyle needs. He needs you to understand where everybody's going to be. I know you've been watching that show quarterback on Netflix too. I think it's amazing. It's so good because you see them breaking it down and they're just like, okay, you need to know not only your job, but what every single person on the offense is doing. And then you need to try to figure out what all 11 on the defense are doing too. So it's like, you got to have such quick brain. You need to be able to read things before the snap, during the snap, as you're scrambling, as you're moving, as guys are diving at you, as they're swatting at your hands. Like you need to be, your brain needs to be going at such a high speed and such a high rate to me. That's the biggest thing I want to see from Trey Lance. That's what I want to see the progression. I, again, footwork, all that other stuff, that's fantastic. But it's he's in his third year. The guy's, what, played eight games so far? Like, I need him to get the reps. I need him to get out there. I need him to play some football and really show me that you understand what Kyle wants you to do because Kyle knows exactly what he wants to do, and he knows how you're supposed to get it done. Can Trey Lance take all that in? And then shoot it out and make it a fantastic product like we saw Brock Purdy do last year. I hope so. Definitely hope so. Uh, still kind of a long shot to see like the version of Trey Lance that you hope, especially without legit game experience. But we'll see if he can kind of earn that uh, throughout the rest of this offseason. And again, it starts with some of the training that he has had as well. All right, guys. Uh, up next, we're going to start diving into Madden ratings. And where the 49ers players lie, who are their best uh, players rated? Nick Bosa, where is he as an edge rusher? Because there's some, you know, they got the TJ Watts, you got the Michael Parsons, you got the Miles Garrett, you got some really good edge rushers. Where does Nick Bosa rank amongst those guys? And 49ers receivers, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, we're going to take a look at their ratings and why. One is kind of surprising to me. All right, we're going to get into all that and next. But first, I want to talk to you a little bit about the good folks over at FanDuel, all right, take, take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets. It's up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose, all right, that's 200 that you can spend on betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to go first and hit a home run in that game. All right, it's all on the app. That's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. You don't even have to wait, all right, like most of these other apps that's out there. All right, there's no better place to place a bet on MLB than FanDuel. That's America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get a $200 in bonus bets. All right, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, let's get back into it. Uh, I have not looked at the 49ers' top 10 players. So I know you have a question for me to start this segment. Yeah, yeah. So I have looked at it, and there are no real big surprises in there. You know, there's a couple of guys where I'm like, oh, I thought he'd be higher. This guy, I thought he'd be lower. I just want to know if you think you could pick the top 10 or at least maybe get like eight of the top 10 based on ranking. So, I mean, the the top's going to be easy. So go ahead, give it a shot. All right, here we go. So I'll I'll go uh, Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. Trent Williams, mm-hmm. Fred Warner. Mm-hmm. Am I jumping straight to Debo Samuel from there? I think I am. Debo. You skipped a couple. Oh, a couple. Okay, hold on. Yeah. Oh, 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 Javon Hargraves. Nope. He didn't even make the top ten, what? which is shocking to me. That's what I'm saying. This is this is what's wild. He got an 84. Really. 
Yeah. Okay, so there is. So you've got that. one, two, three, and six so far. Oh, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, yep. George Kittle. George Kittle. There's a four, five right there. Okay, there we go. Um, gosh. And there's two kind of tied for 10th. So it's at 10th, 11th. So you can you get either one of those. So it gets a little bit trickier. Brandon Ayuk and uh, Dre Greenlaw. Yep, yep. That's eight and nine. So you still have seven and then the 10 and 11. So who's seven? Oh, Just think man. all positions on the football. Oh, Tavares Ward. Okay, so he's eleven. So he's tied with with uh, the other guy at ten. So that I'll count that. They're both at eighty six. Talano Hufanga. That's the other guy he's tied with. So who's seven? So who do we miss? Oh man, this is a tricky one. It's it's not when you think about it because you think like position player. He's probably the best uh, in the league. The the, the punter uh, Wisnowski. I wish it was, man. You know I have my wish wink report. It's not. Where is Wishnowski on here? He's 18th. Nope. Again, positional. I'll give you a hint. It's on offense. Okay. There aren't a lot of them in the NFL anymore. Kyle Juszczyk. Juszczyk. Yeah, I'm coming in there. My bad, Juszczyk. It was 87. Juszczyk. Wow. So do you think that there's anything shocking about any of those guys? No, I mean, when you really think about it, like Trent Williams is the only 99. He was number one up there. That is no surprise. The guy's the best tackle. I don't like that Nick Bosa didn't get that 99 ranking, you know, coming off of defensive player of the year. What we've seen from him, like he probably earned it. They probably want him to do it again. You know, go out there and prove that you can stay healthy and get it all done. And then they'll give him that 99 next year. But I mean, it's hard to argue any of those, right? I mean, Drake Greenlaw, maybe Greenlaw could be higher at 86. Like that, that to me, is possible, you know, and Hargrave at 84. That was surprising. Armstead is 82. They've got Elijah Mitchell at 80. I like, I think Wisnowski could be higher. They have him at 77. I'm with you. I think he's one of the better punters, especially at getting it inside the 20. Like, I think he had more than uh, based on punts, the percentage of inside the 20. I'm pretty sure he was one or two in, in the entire NFL last year. Wow. I know we're going to get to the receivers and some of their ratings, but I do want to start with Nick Bosa. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about the 49ers and, you know, their top 10 guys, but they also have like top 10 edge rushers in a list out right now. And I'm looking at this list and Nick Bosa is, oh, see, I'm looking at their power moves. So Miles Garrett oh. is the highest power move, but overall Nick Bosa and Miles Garrett are tied for 98 overall. Oh, so there were no 99s on the edge, huh? No. Okay. So when you when you hear that, what are your thoughts? Like because I know as 49 fans, we look at Nick Bosa and it's like, man, this guy's amazing. He's the best edge rusher in the league. But Madden and probably other people will tell you, well, no, Miles Garrett, he's right, he's right up there with him. And he is. I mean, he's a great edge rusher, right? I mean, the guy goes and gets it. Like his his power ranking super high. I've seen him run over many a tackle, right? What about Max Crosby? Where is he on there? You think he'd be kind of up there as well? Is he just right behind him at like 97? He's, that's a guy who's one year removed from a defensive player of the year, right? Yeah, they, they had some interesting ones up there. I mean, between uh, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, but there was – who was the one that – Hassan Reddick. Oh, well, he Reddick, was right behind him? Well, he's in the top ten, and, and okay. that, was one, that was one that I wasn't quite expecting to see. So I'm trying to look you, for you, the – okay, here we go. Like you top thought 10. he should have been higher or lower? That's just play recognition. 
finesse moves. They have it broken down by like categories. Oh, okay, not by position. Go. Overall, here we go. So Nick Bosa and Miles Garrett both have a 98 overall. Mm-hmm. And then you have Michael Parsons. He's at 97. And TJ Watt, he's at 94. I think Ooh. that's a little disrespectful to TJ Watt. Yeah. Is that a health thing? Like, is there a health uh, ranking on there? And so his is low because the guy can't stay on the field. So it just really drops him down. I mean, well, I feel he like I mean, a stud. He's probably missed the same amount of games as Nick Bosa. You're probably I mean, right. Bosa yeah. All in one year. It's probably just more recently, right? Didn't didn't he miss a bunch of time last year? Maybe that's missed, why. Yeah, he missed games last year. Yeah, yeah. So that's pack. probably what what did it. Yeah. Real but, quick, I see uh, Kali Young in the in the things asking about what Fred's ra- rating was. He was a 96. So Fred Warner had a big rating. He he's probably towards the top, if not the top, middle linebacker in in Madden rating because that's what he is in the NFL. The guy's a stud. Yeah, no, he's number one. I think yeah, the things yeah. that make him number one when come, you know, playing a video game, right? Because video game is different. Uh, you're looking for certain things, especially on defense side of the ball. You got you want just like who's the best athletes. Mm-hmm. And You'll at the middle linebacker position, it, it'd be hard to find a more versatile athletic, especially for a guy of his size. You don't see a whole lot of six four, two hundred and forty pound linebackers running around, especially mm-hmm. guys that can flip and turn with receivers like Fred Warner can. So, yeah, his rating is super high. But I did see a friend, friend of the podcast, Grant Combe, he put out a a tweet asking who is better between, uh, was it Roquan Smith and Fred Warner? And he's like, Roquan Smith. Yeah, I saw that. I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. Yeah. But I'm biased, and we know that. Right. Numbers-wise, like – and again, that's the tough thing, right? Because you can look at just pure tackles, sacks, mm-hmm. interceptions, and Roquan was ahead of Fred sure. Warner and all of those stats. But when I just watch like just the impact of a player, it's like, man, it's hard to have more impact than Fred Warner and what he means for the 49ers. Yeah, just leader on the field, right? I mean, that's your quarterback of your defense right there. That's the guy wearing the dot on his helmet. You know, he's he's making plays, he's you know, adjusted the defense, he's doing everything you want your middle linebacker to be doing out there. And and maybe those numbers are a little bit lower than, than Smith because he's got Dre Greenlaw right next to him that's eating up a bunch of those tackles and stuff like that. Joey Bosa. He's at oh, a, the seven. again. Yeah, I mean, he's always. That's right. That's That's got to be why. What's he at? What was his ranking? His, his ranking is a 91. So he still has a really good ranking I, I or rating. I wonder if. The Bosa's, there's just not enough fat on their bodies. Just, <laughs> That's why they keep getting hurt. Yeah, you well, need a little padding. There is a such thing as having like too little body fat percentage. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you see Nick Bosa, you're like, what? That guy has zero, right? He looks like he I was actually, zero. I was scrolling through Twitter today, and my wife, my wife's like, whoa, 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 go back, go back. And so I go back up, and it's like a slow mo of George Kittle running with his shirt off. And she's like, no, no, just stay on that for a second. I'm like, oh, dang, that <laughs> one hurts a little bit. <laughs> she's like, okay, go back. No, no, just start it from the beginning. I was like, oh, all right. It's George yeah. Kittle. That's fine. And, and George Kittle looks like a receiver. Like when you see him in like shorts and a t shirt, he's out there working out right there. He was. And I saw that video too. It was like had the music going. He's all slow yep. motion. You see like a little jiggle in his skin. Well, I was like, send that to me. It's like, oh man. <laughs> he he looks like a receiver. He does. 100%. Like, and he probably could be. If you told me that he was 242 pounds right now, I, I believe you. And when you think of tight ends, you think of 
you know, especially, you know, his his size, you know, 6'4", close to 6'5", 6'4", whatever he is. But you think, oh, 255. It's like, man, he's a little bit on the slender side. It, but when you see how well he blocks, that goes to show a lot of, you know, how much of it is about effort. Yeah. Because, or just technique too, right? Just knowing where yeah. to be, where your leverage is, you know, where your help is, stuff like that. I think that that's what kind of sets him apart from other tight ends. Is some are great at blocking, some are great at receiving. He is great at both. And that's why he got such a high ranking too. I mean, I doubt, I bet he's what, two or three in the tight end ranking. I, I think maybe they'd put, Kelsey ahead of him, and then maybe Mark Andrews, and that's it. Like I, I don't think. See, let me let me see if I can pull up. I the, don't think that anybody else could really be put higher than those two guys, right? I think I think maybe even put Kittle too. I mean, maybe Waller, but he can't stay healthy. So if that health factor really weighs in, kind of like what we're doing with Joey Bosa and stuff like that, then I think that would drop Waller down because I think he missed a bunch of time last year uh, when he when he was a, a Raider. Um, but yeah, same, same with Crosby. Maybe that's why, maybe, maybe that's what kind of knocked him down. Uh, but I mean, to me, pound for pound, there's not a better tight end than the league than George Kittle. Right. Just, I mean, what he does. And I'm looking at some of the ratings of the past. I haven't seen the tight end ratings just yet, uh, mm -hmm. for 2000, for this upcoming season, but over the past, George Kittle is usually right there in the mix. Uh, but they, they typically have. Big tight end Travis Kelsey over him. So yeah, um, yeah. it's his receiving skills. They're so good. 2020, George Kittle was number one, 98 overall, and Travis Kelsey was actually behind him. And then Robert he was Grinch coming off that record year, right? Of 2019. Yeah, yeah. When he yeah. he set the tight end yardage record and all that. Yeah, that was oh, talk about it, an amazing year. What's crazy too is like the uh I was looking at it and Aaron Donald got a 99 again and he like broke the Madden record. I think it's seven straight years that the guy's been a 99 wow. on Madden. Yeah. I mean, he's a stud. Well, I know who's not 99. Either one of the San Francisco 49ers receivers. So coming up next, the rating between Debo Samuel, who's an 89, and Brandon Ayuk, who's an 86. And why I think it's a little interesting. I think they show a little bit of love to Debo Samuel. Thank you for uh, making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. And shout out to all the everydayers out there tuning in to the chat right now as we're live on YouTube. And if you're listening to the audio version, come over sometimes to YouTube and uh, hang out with us. And on tomorrow's show, I think I'm going to do an actual mailbag session where we discuss all things that y'all want to talk about. All right. But we're going to get into the receiver rankings. You have Debo Samuel in 89 and Brandon Ayuk at 86. And when I first think of Debo Samuel, right, I think about just his impact on the field and what it looks like. And it's like, man, this is a terrific football player, one of the best weapons in the league. You know, 89 feels about right. And then I started thinking about his production, like actual production. And when you compare his production to other receivers, it's hard to have him. I think they showed him a lot of love. Because even mm -hmm. at an 89 overall, he's ahead of a lot of guys. But he's had one great season. It was tremendous. Outside of that, it's been fairly pedestrian. So do you think some of it is they're just factoring the, the injuries and maybe the offense? That's not a pass-first offense. And that's why he gets more love than some of these other receivers. Because even at 89 overall, and as good as I think Debo is, my, he's – my favorite player to watch on the 49ers. Matter of fact, my big brother, he's a Dallas Cowboy fan. His favorite player to watch in the NFL is Debo Samuel. So that's how much we like this guy. But the production 
you know, in comparison to other players around the league, is it, not quite there. And he's come off of a season where he had 600 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at consistency, right, of numbers over seasons, he doesn't have it because he did have an amazing season two years ago. It was one of the best we've ever seen at the right. wide receiver position. It was like nothing we'd ever seen before at the wide receiver position. And so I bet last season his ranking was even higher, right? I mean, I bet if we looked it up, I bet it's somewhere in the low 90s, maybe even in the mid-90s because he was coming off such a tremendous year. And then he had a big dip last year. And and if for from a sheer number standpoint, yeah, I think it was pretty generous to give him an 89, which could be considered an A- minus or a B plus, whichever way you want to go with it. But from a game-changing standpoint, I mean, the guy can make one catch, break a couple tackles, and take it to the house, right? And it maybe he only makes a few catches that game, but maybe every one of them moves the sticks. Maybe every one he had to get it yards after the catch style. He had to go out there, run through a couple guys, which we've seen Debo Samuel do, which is why you and your brother – and me and a lot of the people listening to this and watching it believe that Debo Samuel is the most exciting player to watch in the NFL because he is. You just know as soon as he gets the ball, you hold your breath for a second, right? You're like, what's he going to do? Is he going to cut it up field? Is he going to left? Is he going to cut right? Is he just going to run through the guy? What's Debo Samuel going to do with the ball? It's exciting. It's, it's fantastic. And hopefully he does step it back up to what we saw two years ago because he himself said, I had a trash year last year. Like he did not like what he did after he made all that money. So maybe that 89 is a little bit generous, but it's kind of based on history, right? It's based on, okay, two years ago, he was probably the best wide receiver in the NFL. So let's give him, cut him a little bit of slack, keep him kind of ahead of Ayuk, which is, I was actually a little bit surprised that they were so close to one another, you know, just based on what we see on the field. Ayuk's been great. He, he looked fantastic once uh, Purdy took over. He really knew how to get Ayuk the ball. And so with the full season of that, maybe 86 is low. For IU. What do you think about that? Yeah, shout out to my guy Ryan in the chat, aka Twin Empire. And he says, Brandon Ayuk should be rated higher mm. than Debo Samuel. Interesting. I mean, numbers wise, right? Last year, he had a better receiving year than Debo Samuel did. But Debo also carried the ball quite a bit last year, right? I mean, not as much as the season before. But Debo just does so much. And, and there's also what Debo does to a defense, right? When Debo Samuel moves, the defense has to watch it. They might send two guys after him because he's that big playmaker up there. And maybe that's opening up space for Brandon Ayuk to get that single coverage, right? For them to roll off of Brandon Ayuk and then he can find that soft spot in the zone because they're focusing so much on a guy like Debo Samuel. Uh, I just looked it up. And last year, Debo Samuel's Madden rating, 89. So coming off of really? a 1,500-yard receiver season plus another three-something rushing, what? almost 1,800 yards and 14 touchdowns, his matter rating is exactly the same, 89. Does this just make all this irrelevant after a comment like that? Like, how do you That's give a guy wild. 89? Wow. Now, for there will be some people that push back. I've seen that on some of the uh, you know, uh, Instagram platforms out there that cover the 49ers, and you see a lot of fans like, 89 for Debo Samuel, that's too low. He should be a top 10 receiver. And, and I hear them in the sense of his ability, but I'm just going to rattle off some names, and you tell me if you would take him over this receiver. As a receiver, yeah. Not as a wide back and all this other I'd stuff. Right? As, gonna... Debo Samuel right. is a receiver. So just yeah. the player Debo Samuel, are okay. you taking okay. this player over the player Debo Samuel? And everything that Debo Samuel brings. Do Just I need to shut out my 49er heart for a second? <laughs> you, you might. I think there's some okay. where you might say I'll take Debo. I mean, that, that one was easy. Justin Jefferson, obviously. All right. 
Tyreek Hill. Hill. All right. Devontae Adams. Adams. All right. Stefan Diggs. Diggs. You you made it seem like with the first one, like, oh, that one's easy. Then the next one, I'm rattling them off. And you're like, yeah, I'll take that guy. I'll take that guy. Hey, right. see, it's starting to get tougher to take. It's a little. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh, Cooper Cup. Oh, gosh. Cup. <laughs> Jamar Chase. <sighs> when healthy, Jamar Chase. So the guy's, he's a stud, man. All right. Here we go. We might, we might start. We're going to make it tough. Okay. Game. Here we go. Uh, make it tougher. DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, I'll, I'll take Tebow over DeAndre Hopkins. All right, there we go. And and they got DeAndre Hopkins, the who got one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh uh ranked receiver. There. Okay. So uh, that's where I'm putting Debo then. Well, I mean well, maybe there's people after Hopkins. Yeah. You got yeah. some more? All right, we got some more names. All right. Uh number eight, uh Terry McLaurin. Oh, I'm taking Debo. Okay, there we go. Uh, number number nine, which I'm actually surprised that this guy is below McLaurin and actually surprised he's below DeAndre Hopkins. Do you, who do you think this guy is? I'm surprised that he's below Hopkins and McLaurin for sure. I'm going, I'm going around the NFL. I can't think of anybody offhand. All right, here we go. A.J. Brown. Oh, right now? See, that, that's a tough one. That's where the line is, I think, right there. Because I think A.J. Brown is better than both of those two guys, McLaurin yeah. and, and Hopkins. So I think I'd probably take A.J. Brown. All right, and then the last guy is Amari Cooper. No, I'm taking Debo over Cooper. All right, well, they, they have all those guys right there. Right? I got him at like eight. I got Debo at like eight. Okay. And, you know, the tough thing, though, with the 49ers receivers in comparison to some of these guys is these guys have done it for the most part, year in and year out, mm-hmm. you know, from a production standpoint. Yeah. It's important. You got to be able to well, rely on somebody. Right. Right. And for the 49ers, you know, you have Brandon, Ayuk. he just had a career year and it's like thousand yards, you know, like I didn't even mention like DK Metcalf and yeah. what, and, and, you know, and some of these other guys, but I don't know, or a receiver like uh, T Higgins, who has just come off of what? 12, 1300 yard season. Yeah, but but did that season only happen because Chase missed so much time, you know? And that's such an amazing offense with an amazing quarterback. That's where yeah. my argument would come yeah, in for that. Too, like quarterback matters. So is it more yeah, impressive sure. that these guys? Because if you go through and you kind of list off some of their quarterbacks that they've had, I think McLaurin out of this group had the worst quarterback. Yeah, situation. no doubt. And it changed. It kept switching too. Yeah. yeah. Carson Wentz, he's not even on that team anymore. I guess it switched a lot for Debo too, right? But then it switched a lot for Debo. And Brandon yeah. and I, and you. All right, fun stuff. Madden ratings. Do you still play Madden? Because I haven't played in a while. I'm actually I selling. Not. I just put my uh, Xbox up for sale. I'm like, I haven't turned this thing on in over a year. <laughs> now, I haven't played Madden in about two or three years. But when I, the problem is, is when I start, then I just get hooked, right? And then it eats up all my free time. And I, yeah, I just, I, it's, it's like an addiction for me. So I haven't touched it in a while. I know, I know my limits. Yeah, I. I got it with the intentions of mine to like really play. I've been playing the Madden leagues and then all of a sudden I just got kind of too busy to keep up with the league. And I only really play Madden. I would love to play Call of Duty and some of these other games, but I'm just not going to play them enough to be as good as I need to be. Kind of like my golf game. I haven't started playing golf yet because I know right now I don't have enough time to play golf and, and, and really be out there and practice and take lessons. You got to put in the time. 
Yeah. yeah. If you don't put in the time, it's going to be frustrating. And the same goes with those games like Call of Duty and probably Madden because you're going up against people that play it constantly. And so you're just going to be like, well, this is fun. I just got rolled. Awesome. Right. It's never, it's never fun, especially with how competitive I am. So, uh, I have, but anyways, with my Madden, I that was the game I played most of the time. And once I stopped playing in that league, I, I haven't even turned my Xbox on. So I told my wife, like, man, put that up for sale or something or give it to somebody. Uh, I'm not going to play it. So uh, she's not giving it away. Sorry, guys, all the listeners out there. She said, nope. Yeah, hitting on. you up in your DMs. Hey, send it to me. I'll pay shipping. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Nick. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you for joining me, filling in. We got no Peacock, but who needs Peacock anyways on Winky Wednesday? We want to thank everyone out there for making us your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, go ahead and listen to the Peacock and Williamson show. You might be able to catch Brian Peacock over there. Until then, we are out, man. Peace. See ya. Subscribe to this video.